1: Shalom, my dear friends and dear brothers and sisters. We are going to continue with our study of the Gospel of Matthew, and we have arrived to the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. We are going to read in this message from chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. If you have a Bible with you, please open the Bible, and let's look over this very interesting fourth chapter. And I'm reading Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. And so we read, Then was Yeshua, Jesus, led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward a-hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hand they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus saith unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence Satan, For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. I will stop here, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend, with the first 11 verses of the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. This chapter is a very interesting chapter because in this chapter we learn by the help of the Spirit of God that there was only one man that is qualified to become the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of this world. There is only one man that is qualified to be the King of the Jews. There is only one man that we read of him in the genealogy In Matthew chapter 1, that will be born of the virgin Miriam and will be the one that earlier we read in chapter 1, that you shall call his name Yeshua in Hebrew, Jehovah the Savior, Jesus in the Greek. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. There is only one that is qualified to save sinners. There is only one that is qualified to be the Redeemer, the Goel. There is only one that is qualified to be the Savior. There is only one that is qualified to be the one that fulfill that which God is intending to. ...to bring about a blessing to this world that have gone astray. And so we have already covered the first three chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. In chapter 1 we read of the genealogy of the Messiah Yeshua. And we learn in chapter 1 that the Lord Jesus the Messiah... ...could not be qualified to become the King of the Jews if he was the physical descendant of Yosef, the husband of Miriam, the mother of Yeshua Jesus. Why? Because from the genealogy of Matthew chapter 1, we learn that although Yosef was from the line of Judah, from the family of, that was qualified to be out of his family, to be a king from the royal line, and yet, because of the curse that God have cursed Jeconiah, Yechenyahu, in Jeremiah 22, verses 24 to 30, if Yeshua was a physical descendant of Yosef, he could not be qualified to be the king of the Jews. Also, because if Yosef was his Father according to the flesh, then Yeshua would have inherited a sin nature. And because He is God the Son, who is the sinless one, He had to enter into this world in a supernatural way through the virgin Miriam by the seed that was placed in her womb by the Holy Spirit of God. In chapter 2, we have learned of the coming of the wise men from the East, who have learned concerning the promise of the Messiah from such as Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, and many of the Jewish people who were scattered and carried in the Babylonian captivity when the temple was destroyed in 586 B.C. And these godly Jewish people ...who were faithful to the Lord, although their brethren, because of their disobedience, were carried away to Babel and they had to go along with them. Yet there were many godly in Israel who did not forsake the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and maintain their faith in God. And they trusted Him and they will not bow their knees to images, not bow their knees to men and not bow their knees to Haman, who sought to destroy the Jews, Haman the Argagai, and godly men such as Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, including, we might say, very clearly, although we don't see Esther and Mordechai, the Jew, we don't read of him praying Or even speaking to God, yet we do know from the fact that he would not bow to Haman, the Agagai, that he had the fear of God in him. There were many like that, in spite of the vast majority of the nation, who did not obey the Lord. And that's why the Lord had to carry them, to send them to Bavil. In chapter 3, we have learned of the fact that the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah came to john the baptizer and john the baptizer was the announcer of the king of the jews of whom we did read in the prophet isaiah chapter 40 he's a voice of one that cry in the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make his path straight yohanan John, the baptizer, he was identified with the fact that he was the immerser. Why? Because he was challenging the people of Israel to turn back to the Lord. And many came down to him to the Jordan River from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around to be identifying with the message of John, the baptizer. And the Lord Yeshua the Messiah also came. And he was baptized by John the baptizer, by Yohanan Hamadbil. Although Yohanan initially did not want to do that because he said to Yeshua, I need to be baptized of you. I'm not worthy to even lose his sandals. And yet Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, did say to him, Allow this to happen. Allow this to happen. He said to him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. This is chapter 3 and verse 15. And Yeshua identified with the remnant of Israel, with the godly in Israel, who wanted to turn to God and to confess their sins and repent and received the king of the Jews that was coming to reign and rule over the nation of Israel. Well, when Yeshua the Messiah was immersed by Yohanan the baptizer, the Spirit of God came and laid upon him as he came out of the water. And a voice from heaven of God the Father came out from heaven publicly announcing, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He is, Yeshua is, the Son that was given. He was the child that was born. And so now when we enter into chapter 4, God, by the Spirit of God, shows us all, shows all humanity, shows his people Israel during the time of some 2,000 years ago, of the fact that he is the one that came from heaven and was born to the Virgin Miriam, who was qualified to be the king of the Jews. So in chapter 4, we read verses 1 and 2, beloved brothers and sisters. It's extremely interesting how the same Holy Spirit of God that rested and descended like a dove, enlightened upon the person of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who just came out of the uh, water... Baptized by Yohanan, by John the that the very same Holy Spirit of God now led him into the wilderness. And so we read of the Lord being led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness, notice, to be tempted of the devil. In other words, the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit, have led him to go through the test, to reveal to all the fact that he was indeed qualified to become the Redeemer, the Savior. And so we read, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to, notice that, To be tempted of the devil. Now it is very important, beloved brothers and sisters, to understand that the devil is tempting, beguiling, but God never beguiled. In fact, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, by the word of the Lord in uh, James chapter 1 in verse 13 and 14, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when he must have con- conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The wages of sin is death. And so Yaakov, that is James, he explained this in his letter to the early Hebrew Christian, and he saying to them, let no one say when he's tempted... That he is tempted of God, why? because God not only that he cannot be tempted with evil, but he also neither does he tempt any men. You see, beloved friend, here we see the reality of what took place some thousand years earlier when God had placed Adam. In the garden of delight. When God placed Adam in the garden of delight, according to the book of Genesis, God sought to bless Adam, and that Adam will be the one who will rule with his wife Chava and their descendants over this world. To be really, to have dominion, to be the king of the universe. According to Genesis chapter 1, we do read, 26 and verse 27, that uh, God said, let us make men in our own image after our own likeness and let them have dominion. You notice the word dominion? Let them have rule over and then everything, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle all the, uh, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created Adam, men, in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Notice the second time the word dominion is mentioned in Genesis chapter 1 in relationship to Adam and his wife, Chava, Eve. But, beloved friend, we know very well what took place in the Garden of Eden. In fact, we do read that God placed Adam in the best place he could ever look for. And any one of us ever want to be in the garden of delight, the Hebrew word for Eden is delight. A garden where there is so much delight there, no lack of food, no lack of of anything that one wants to have. No wars, no conflict. Adam was an innocent man. He was not holy, but he was innocent. And yet, we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, according to chapter 2 of Genesis, that the Lord God planted a garden eastward, in Eden, and there he put men whom he had formed. The word again for Eden in Hebrew simply means delight. Adam was created by God to have dominion, to rule over this world, and to enjoy delight all his life. And those that will come from Adam His descendants could enjoy delight had Adam obeyed the Lord. And we know, according to the word of God in chapter 2, that God commanded Adam not to eat from the fruit of the tree of that one tree. It's called the tree of good and evil. And Adam violated God's word disobey the Lord and ate from the forbidden fruit, disobeyed God and plunged the whole race, the whole human race into sin. And you and I who are descendants of Adam, all of us are, have inherited a sin nature. And So, when God have seen the disobedience of Adam, sin brought separation between man and God. And Adam no longer could have had fellowship with the Lord, so he was hiding behind trees, making for himself apron out of fig leaves, covering his nakedness and his emptiness. And since that time onward, everyone that was born as a descendant of Adam and Eve have inherited a sin nature, and by nature... All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so in order for restoring man to himself, God had provided a way whereby he is going to do so. And so he introduced... The sacrificial system covered Adam and Eve with the garment of skin of an animal, killed an innocent animal, shed its blood to make atonement for the soul of Adam and Eve, and thereby men could approach God on the basis of the blood of the sacrifice that was killed, pointing to the time when the Mashiach will come. And he will shed his own blood. And he will bring once and for all redemption for mankind. And from those days of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel and their descendants... Shet, and their descended the godly line and the ungodly line. There were those that obeyed God and brought sacrifice in obedience to God. Accepting God's way of salvation. But there were those who rejected. So up till about 2,000 years ago. Sacrificial system was developed on the basis of the word of God. And he gave it to his people Israel. In order that they will be able to approach Him and be, receive forgiveness of sins on the basis of the blood atonement. And God introduced the burnt offering, the meal offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering. All these sacrifices pointed to the coming Redeemer who would come in the fullness of the time. And He will be the one who will restore To God. What Adam lost. And he will be the one. This is the Messiah. Jesus would come. And he will restore to men. What God have intended. For mankind. And here the gospel of Matthew. Fascinating gospel. Beloved friend. God is proving to us. Revealing to us that this Yeshua Jesus is indeed the one whom the prophets of Israel were speaking about, whom God was promising that he will come in the fullness of the time. That's why chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, God have already presented through Matthew by the divine direction of the Holy Spirit of God to show the genealogy of the Messiah. The promise... Of the Lord through the angel to Joseph, Yosef, the stepfather of the Messiah. The coming of the wise men from the east to say, where is he that was born, the king of the Jews. The fulfillment of the prophets uh, that been fulfilled in the person of, of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. The uh, baptizing of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah in Matthew chapter 3 to show us that he was identified by God as the one that is the delight of God the Father. Identifying also with the people of Israel who repented and wanted to have the kingdom of heaven established on earth. And now in chapter 4 of the uh, Gospel of Matthew, in our study we learn of the fact that this same Yeshua that was born the King of the Jews, is now presented before us as the one that is qualified to become the King, the Mashiach, the Redeemer, the Savior of sinners. And so he is led by the Holy Spirit of God into the wilderness so that Satan will tempt him as he tempted Eve and Adam some four thousand years earlier. The only difference is this that Adam, the head of the the federal head of the human race, was in a garden, while Yeshua is found to be in the wilderness. Matthew four verse one then was Yeshua led up of the spirit unto the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To remind you, the very same devil came to Eve according to Genesis chapter 3, beguiling her or entering into the serpent and coming to her, and he said to the woman, Has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He began by causing Eve to doubt. And while Eve at this point of time was not nigh to her husband Adam. Yet you could see how Satan was successful to beguile her. And although he was not beguiling Adam. Adam was not only beguiled, but he was violating the clear command that God had given him, as it is recorded in the previous chapters in Genesis. And so, here is the one that came from heaven. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we do read that the first man, Adam, became a living soul because God had created him. But the one that came from heaven is the one that is Lord of all. We read, and I would like to read this to you, beloved brothers and sisters, in First Corinthians chapter 15. We do read, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Then he said, but the last Adam was made of quickening spirit. Yeshua, Jesus, is the last Adam. We do read in verse 47 of 1 Corinthians 15 also, The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So, as we are looking into Matthew chapter 4, he is the Lord from heaven. He is the last Adam. He is the second man who came from heaven. He is the one that was made, that became a quickening spirit. He is now being led by the Spirit of God, allowing him to be tempted of the devil. Notice what we also... Read in verse 2 of Matthew chapter 4 that when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he afterward was hungry. Again, I would like beloved brothers and sisters to show us all the difference between the first man, Adam, that was of this earth, earthy, and the last Adam that became a quickening spirit, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, while Adam was in a garden of delight with plenty of trees and fruit that God said to him, of every fruit of the trees of the garden you may freely eat everything he had. He was not hungry. He did not fast. He enjoyed the blessing of the provision of God. Yet, on the other hand, the, the last Adam who came from heaven, our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward, he became hungry. So imagine, beloved friend, the one that was innocent, that is Adam, he was in the garden of delight, he had plenty, And he was called by God to submit to his authority and to obey one command. On the other hand, we have the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He is not in the Garden of Eden, but he is in the wilderness, in the desert, the heat of the desert. He has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, being hungry. The one was called to submit to God's word in the garden of delight, having plenty. The other is still called to submit to God, and yet he is in the wilderness, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and he is hungry. The one is the man of the earth, earthy. And the other one is the last Adam, who became a quickening spirit. Again, I would like to emphasize that Matthew, in this fourth chapter, by the Spirit of God, is seeking to present before us the one that was qualified to be a king of the Jews, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And so here, when Yeshua was hungry, after 40 days and 40 nights, without food, he is now exposed to the devil who would seek to cause him to fall and to disobey God. And so in the next verses, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, in fact, from verse 3 to verse 10, we have the threefold temptations that Satan tempted, sought to tempt the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in three areas that we are all being tempted in our life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In fact, beloved brothers and sisters, I would like you to see that as we will read just first of all, once again, from Genesis chapter 3, and there we see how Satan tempted even these very same three areas. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Notice the first area of temptation, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto, unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it. Now she of course added, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. But the Lord did not say, neither shall ye touch it. God said to Adam, who told his wife Eve, that God commanded not to eat of that tree. And if he or she or they will eat, they will, they will surely die. Secondly, in the next uh, the verse we could see the serpent said unto uh, the woman ye shall not surely die. God know that in the day ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be open, and that ye shall be as God knowing good and evil. Satan is leading Eve to assume as if God doesn't care for her husband Adam and her as well. And so you notice what we read in verse 6. The three areas in which man is tested. People are tested since that time. We read, and the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It's the lust of the flesh. Secondly, and that it was... Pleasant to the eyes. This is the lust of the eyes. And thirdly, it says that it is uh, to be desired to make one wise. And this is the pride of life. So she took the fruit thereof and did eat, And then we read in verse 6 at the end. And gave it unto her husband with her and he did eat. We do not know how much time passed between the time that she offered it to Adam, the head, the federal head of the human race, who was her husband, between the time that she offered it to him after she ate, and the time that Adam actually ate from it in disobedience, but it doesn't seem to be too long of a time that passed by between verse 6a and verse 6b of Genesis chapter 3. But Adam violated God's word, and by doing so, and eating they from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And then we read, They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. It was then that God had to ask Adam, Adam, where are you? No longer fellowship with God. Sin crept in. And since that time, beloved friend, all the descendants of Adam were plunged into the sin nature. And we are all sinners by nature who need forgiveness. And here, in Matthew chapter 4, we see the very same tempter, Satan, the devil, is now coming to the Mashiach Yeshua, who was now hungry after 40 days that he didn't eat, and 40 nights, being in a wilderness, and Satan come to tempt him, as he tempted Eve and Adam, and ultimately Adam in disobedience, sinned before God. And so we do read in the very same three areas, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the areas that all the descendants of Adam and Eve are experiencing temptation throughout our lives. It was the John, the apostle, Johannan who said in 1 John chapter 2 to the believers in the local assembly to whom he presented the word of God, saying, Love not the world. 1 John 2 and verse 15, Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Then he said, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Beloved brothers and sisters, this warning was given to believers that Yohanan was writing to, to help them to understand that all that is in the world that is headed up by Satan who beguiled Eve and Adam, who was influenced them to fall into that sin, and Adam, in his disobedience to God, plunged the whole race, the human race, into sin. In these three areas, Satan, the ruler, the God, small g of this world, ruling over this world here, The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we are all struggling with this every day of our lives. And so in the very same area, Yeshua the Messiah was tempted by Satan. But here we learn of the victory of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who was not allowing himself to disobey God. And eating from committing things that Satan wanted him to do. Now, sometimes someone asks the question, Could Jesus sin? And the answer, of course, is no. He could never sin, and why? Because he was the sinless one. He didn't have a sin nature. Not only because he is God, Emmanuel, Jehovah the Savior. But also because when he entered humanity, when he took union human nature with his divine nature, he was born to the virgin Miriam. Therefore, there was no sin, the seed of a man involved here in bringing forth this baby that was born by the name of Yeshua, by the name of Jesus. He was the sinless one. So, in Matthew chapter 4, we learn the lesson that although he could not sin, yet the pressure and the temptation was so great only to prove his sinlessness. You see, beloved friend and dear brothers and sisters, that's is essential to understand that the spirit of god is desiring to present before us to prove before us that he was indeed the messiah the promised messiah and so the devil came and sought to tempt Jesus while he was hungry after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting being in the heat of the desert and the tempter comes to him to tempt him in the very same three areas that all people are tempted in from the time that we were born until the time that we die. And so in verses 3 and 4 the devil, first temptation is to appeal to the lust of the flesh. And so we read in verse 3 and 4, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that this stone be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Here is Satan seeking to beguile our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in the area of the lust of the flesh. The tempter saying to him, If, notice that, using the very same thought uh, that he is seeking to draw him to doubt uh, who he is and the purpose that he came to this world. And so he saying to the Lord Jesus the Messiah, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now again, I would like to remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, is the Son of God. And that he could make out of the stones bread. And to satisfy his own personal need as a man. And yet he would not do so because he came to, the, to do the will of the Father. You see, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend, The temptation of the Lord Jesus the Messiah was to prove... That he was indeed the one that is qualified to be the redeemer. And you notice the answer of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, it is written. And of course, knowing the word, because after all, he gave the scripture to his own people. The Torah, the law was on Mount Sinai was given by God to his people Israel. He is the eternal son of God. It is his Torah, it is his law that was given to the people of Israel. And You remember how God reminded his people Israel on the way to the promised land from Egypt to Canaan. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, God said to Israel. That ye may live and multiply and go and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way in which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether you would keep His commandments or no. Verse 3 of the Torah chapter 8 says, And He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna Which uh, thou knew not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know, that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord, doth man live. You see, God called his people Israel, and he's calling all to come to Him and to trust Him and to realize that yes, men need bread, we all need food to eat. But man does not live by bread only. The spiritual food is the Word of God. And by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. In other words, God wants His own creation to enjoy Him. And so Satan is beguiling Yeshua the Messiah with the lust of the flesh seeking to succeed to beguile him and he's coming to him and says if thou be the son of God command that these stones be made bread. The lust of the flesh. The flesh need to be fed. And all of us are thankful for the Food that we are provided with by the Lord. And yet, the answer of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, to the tempter was, It is written, quoting the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, and verse 3, where we read, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is so precious to see the response of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah to the the one that is called here the tempter. And I would like, beloved brothers and sisters, to remind us all that when you and I are tempted in our lives, we are tempted not by God, because God does not tempt anyone. In fact, it was James in chapter 1 and verse 13 who said, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Why? For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God does not tempt anyone. God tests us, but he doesn't tempt us. You notice what James says in verse 14? And every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Why we have this lust? Because we have sin nature, the lust of the flesh, and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. That's why the wages. Of sins is death. Death means separation. Physical separation. Spiritual separation. Eternal separation. And our Lord Yeshua. Jesus the Messiah. Proving indeed that he was. The son of God. Not seeking to do. His own will. But in submissiveness to his. God to his Abba. He said to the tempter. It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, obeying the Lord, obeying God in his perfect humanity. So the devil comes again in verses 5, 6, and 7. So the devil does the very thing that he have done in the Garden of Eden and caused even Adam to, to fall into sin. So the devil coming a second time to tempt Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, with the pride of life. In Hebrew it's called geut hanichasim. And so we do read in verse 5, And the devil taketh him up into the holy city. This is the city of Jerusalem. The city of God. This is the city where... One day Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, will rule as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he set him at the pinnacle of the temple. Why? The temple was on Mount Moriah. And the temple was right there in the city of Jerusalem. There on Mount Moriah. And the temple is where God was to be worshipped. And he said unto him once again, If... If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So what Satan does here, he is quoting a portion of the Word of God. In other words, he's saying, if you are indeed the son of God, well, you throw yourself down, and you let's see if God is going to protect you. Because if you throw yourself down, God had promised that he will take care of you. Cast thyself down, for it is written in Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hand they shall bear thee up, lest thou at any time dash thy foot against a stone. Now notice what we read in Psalm 91 and verse 11 and 12. Satan doing something that oftentimes he does, he's seeking to speak or beguiled by quoting a portion of the word of God and not a complete word of God according to Psalm 91 verse 11 for he shall give his angels charge over thee notice to keep thee in all thy ways Satan have eliminated this part of the verse this part of this of the scripture. They shall bear thee up in their hand lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. This portion of the scripture that is found here in Psalm 91, verse eleven and twelve is very important because it does say that to keep thee in all thy ways. In other words, God is. Is going to take you and care for you in all your ways. Whether things are easy or whether things are hard, in other words, submissiveness uh, to the Lord is necessary, as God have through the psalmist of Israel have commanded His people. But we know very well that although the angels are called to minister to God's people. And they are assuring us by the word of the Lord that God will keep his own people in all their ways. And this is a messianic verse that speaks about the coming of the Messiah who will, will be kept by the Lord. And so we do read, beloved friends, that the devil is quoting portion of the word of God And the Lord Jesus the Messiah is responding in verse 7. It is written, once again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That was what is given in the word that God is not to be tempted. And that God's people are called to trust in Him. And yet, because of our human sinful nature all have gone astray all have come short of the glory of God oftentimes we all fail in these areas the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life but here we can see how yeshua jesus the messiah who had, uh, for whole uh, 40 days and 40 nights he fasted he's in the wilderness the tempter come to him and seeking to beguile him, that he will disobey God, and in other words, instead of leaning on God, turn to the devil for help. And beloved friend, how sad it is that in a world in which we live in, oftentimes, men, instead of turning to God for help, are seeking help elsewhere. And the Lord Jesus the Messiah in his obedience to God is quoting once again the word of God thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Once again he is quoting the scripture and he says, It is written. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And he's quoting the scripture to cause the tempter to turn away from him. But, in obedience to the Word of the Lord, in obedience to God, the Lord is uh, successfully uh, do not allow Satan to be to beguile him, and so, in the next verses of our chapter, beloved brothers and sisters, and dear friends, in the next verses in verses eight, nine, and ten, the devil that is Satan. Now the third time he's appealing, this time, to the lust of the eyes. Yeah, he sought to appeal to the, to the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, but now to the lust of the eyes. And what does he do? Verse 8, 9, and 10, we read. The devil taketh him, this is Yeshua, up into an exceeding high mountain. And he shows him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, this is unto Yeshua, unto Jesus, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Again, using the word if. If you will fall down and worship me, me, Satan. You see, Satan is considered in the Word of God because of the fall of man to be the the God of this world, with a small G, seeking to take the place of the true and living God. In Second Corinthians chapter four, we read, "The God of this world, they blinded the mind of them that believe not." lest the glorious gospel of the Messiah should shine unto them. Satan is also called the prince of the power of the air. He is the one that is in charge of all that which is, of course, the Lord have allowed him to be in charge of because of the fall of man. So he wants also this this perfect man, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, will fall down and worship him. You remember, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend. that already through the prophet Isaiah we have already learned of the fall of Satan. Satan always wanted to take the place of God. He was that Lucifer. We read of him in Isaiah chapter 14. It says here, and I'll read, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst waken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, this is Lucifer, in Hebrew, Hillel ben Shachar, son of the morning. He was an angel that was created by God to serve God. But he failed. Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, above the angels of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Fifthly, he said, I will be like the Most High. Lucifer wanted to be like God, to dethrone God and become that God, to take the place of God. But he was a creature that was created to serve God, dissatisfied with what God had given to him. So we do read, yet... Thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the side of the pit. They shall see thee, shall narrowly look upon thee, and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, the did shake kingdom? In other words, what we learn here from Isaiah 14, verse 12 onwards that lucifer fell because of pride so now notice that because he wanted to take the place of god he said i would be like the most high now he's saying to the men that came from heaven of course yeshua the sinless man who is also the eternal son of god he said to him if you will fall down and worship me all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them I will give them unto thee. Now remember, beloved brothers and sisters that Adam lost all the kingdom of the world and the glory of them because Adam did not obey God. Adam was called by God to have dominion to rule, to be a king of all this world. But Adam disobeyed God. And he plunged the whole human race into sin. But here we learn that the very same tempter, the very same devil who tempted Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden is now coming to seek to tempt the Lord Yeshua the Messiah who in obedience to God, in submissiveness to God, he was tested. He was pressured. It's like a gold that is tested by fire. The pressure and the temptation that our Lord Yeshua Jesus the Messiah experienced was far greater than any one of us would ever go through, because he have gone beyond all what you and I ever experienced. It's like the gold that is placed under the fire, the heat of the fire, and the more you are, you are heating the fire, hotter and hotter, the gold only proved to be real, to be true, to be pure. And this fourth chapter, and the temptation in the wilderness by the devil, only proved to us of the purity of the person of Yeshua, the promised Messiah of Israel, and the Savior of this world. And so listen to the response that the Lord Jesus the Messiah did give Lucifer, Satan, here in this fourth chapter. He said once again, the third time, Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence Satan, for it is written. This is the third time that our Lord Jesus the Messiah is quoting the Word of God. It is written, Thou shalt... Worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. In other words, get thee behind me, Satan, get thee hence, Satan. It is written, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And how wonderful to see. How the Lord Jesus the Messiah again quoting from the word of God. Especially in connection with the, the challenge of the Lord to his people Israel to submit to him and to obey him. And to be a, a people that will be blessed if they obey the Lord. And Beloved friend how important it is for us all to learn. Uh, From the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, his obedience only proved to us that he is qualified to be the Messiah and that we are called to learn from him. And so we do read that third temptation by Satan, which is the lust of the eyes. What is the lust of the eyes? Look at all the world. Look at all the kingdoms of the world. Look at the glory of the kingdom. Everything can be yours. But Jesus the Messiah, again quoting the word of God from the book of Deuteronomy, and he said, Get thee, Satan, hence. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve so, beloved friend, what a challenge it is for us to seek to follow the Lord. But here we see the perfection of the Messiah. He is the one that have gone before us, been tempted by Satan in all points. Just like you and I are tested in our life day by day. We fail many times. We fall. We, we sin. That's why we need forgiveness. We are tested and we stumble often The point of pressure in our life comes so quickly and we cave. But we do read in the Word of God, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also likewise took part of the same that, listen, through death he might destroy him that had the power that is the devil and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, was tested and then he did not fail. He obeyed God submissive to the word of the Lord. And so we do read, beloved brothers and sisters, in this last portion, verse 11, we read that the devil now left Yeshua, the Messiah, and angels came to serve the Lord. It says in verse 11, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. You see, angels are ministering spirits. According to Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, we do read, Are they not ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? The angels are serving God's people, and they came to worship the Lord and to serve Him. We do read, Angels came and ministered unto him. Beautiful to learn this. Just like of old, we do read in the book of Psalms, and the book of Daniel, how the angels are ministering spirits. They are called to minister to the saints of God, to the people of God. And here they came and they ministered to the perfect man, our Lord Yeshua. Jesus our Messiah how wonderful beloved brothers and sisters these verses of Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 the Lord being tempted by the devil and yet submissive to God obeying God prove to us that Yeshua who could no sin because of his Sinless nature, yet he was tested and the pressure was greater than all could ever bear, only to prove, as fire proved gold, that it is pure. Here, beloved brothers and sisters, we see the man that came from heaven, of whom we read in the book of Hebrews concerning him. For such high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, suffered from sinners, and made higher than the heaven. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 26. Praise God for the person of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who was obedient in his life. When he was tempted by the devil, he obeyed God the Father and did not cave in to the beguiling of Satan. No wonder God said of him in Matthew chapter 3 at the end of this third chapter, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, my dear friend, may God bless His Word And may He encourage our hearts to trust the Lord Jesus the Messiah and to seek to learn from Him. Well, until the next time, we say to you all, Shalom, Shalom. Bye-bye.
0: You have been listening to The Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11am and 7pm and Saturdays at 1pm at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program visit HolyScripturesAndIsrael.com God bless you. Shalom, shalom.